We are glad to be here. Finally, it seems like it has been months and months and months that we have been talking about coming to Sunset and being a part of this family, and we, there were times we thought it will never get here, and uh, it has finally arrived. This is our first Sunday here, and uh, we're excited about it, and some of you, some of you in here, this may be your first Sunday here at Sunset. You're coming and you're checking things out, and we want you to know that we're glad you're here. You may be a little nervous because this is your first Sunday, or maybe you haven't been here in a long time and this is your first Sunday. Uh, don't worry about being nervous or doing anything wrong. I feel the same way. We'll get through the first Sunday together, and I hope that you'll come back and be with us uh, again next week and the next week and the next week. It's going to be a, a good 2024, and this is a great place and a great way to start off a new year. On behalf of my wife, Lee and I, and I will even say Steve and Michelle Linscombe, we just are thankful to be a part of your family. We look forward to a long, blessed ministry at Sunset as we work and serve together as your teammates to share the gospel and the love of Jesus in the community of Lubbock and the surrounding area. If you've got a Bible and want to turn to Ephesians, we're going to be in Ephesians 2 here in a moment we're going to look at several verses, a couple of verses from Ephesians, a, a couple, uh, one from Colossians, and we're going to talk a little bit about grace and about giving grace and about what it means to give grace. We've been blessed in so many ways by God. God has just poured out in our life grace. Sometimes we feel, you may feel, that God has got a little dropper and he just drops a little grace on you every now and then. God's grace is not given by droppers full, but it comes in fire hydrants full into your life. I don't know if you've ever given that a lot of thought. God does not, you show up with your Dixie cup saying, God, I'd like a little bit of grace. And, and he sends the Niagara Falls to fill your cup and it's full within seconds and overflowing. We have a God who gives grace amazingly. But sometimes the bad part is, or the tough part is, is we want grace, and we want grace for ourselves, but sometimes we want justice for other people, or we don't, we're not sure God's grace should be for other people, and yet God, what we're going to talk about today is that God has given us grace, and God wants us to share that same grace with other people. Let me put it this way, and this is something that I like to say regularly, our job is to treat other people better than they deserve. And you go, why in the world would I treat someone better than they deserve? It's because that's how God treats you every day. Does that make sense? My job and your job, to wherever we go, not just in our family, but to our workplaces, when we go out into the community, when we bump into folks we don't know, when we talk on the phone to people, whatever it is, we are to treat people better than they deserve because that is exactly how God treats us every day. Now, when we're talking about giving grace and we're talking about sharing what God has given in our lives to other people that we come in contact with, I want to give you three little reasons why we're going to do that. Number one, Jesus modeled it, all right? He modeled giving grace to other people. In fact, I have just picked three simple, short stories today, and we could have made these a mile long. Everything Jesus did was him giving grace to other people. The first on your list is a story in John chapter 8 of a woman who had been caught in adultery, and they brought her to Jesus. 
She has every right to die for what has taken place. There are people there waiting for the the word to stone her. Uh, They are holding rocks, ready to go. And Jesus makes the statement uh, when he says, "Let let, let, let you who without sin cast the first stone. And they all leave one by one. And then the one who actually is without sin... The one who actually has a right to be able to condemn because he has lived that way says, where are your accusers? Nor do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. Jesus was a person who constantly gave grace to other people. In Luke 19, you meet a tax collector by the name of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus wasn't very well liked. Um, and, and he showed up one day to try to just catch a glimpse of Jesus. You know the story. And Jesus walks up to his tree where he has climbed and said, Zacchaeus, come down. And I imagine the fact that he called him by name, Zacchaeus, nearly fell out of the tree, and Jesus said, I'm coming to your house today. The guy that needed grace was Zacchaeus. And Jesus went to his home. And Zacchaeus says, If I've cheated anyone, I will pay it back four times the amount. Grace walked in the front door of Zacchaeus' house, and selfishness walked out the back. That's how grace is. When grace takes over your life, you realize just how blessed you are. A third story, John chapter 13, you know the story. It's hours before Jesus is actually going to be crucified on the cross. He knows that his time has come, and he's trying to figure out, how do I tell my 12 best friends that I love them and what they think about me and or what I think about them? And he decides to wash their feet. And somebody that night has, has prepared the feast. They've got the bucket. They've got the bowl, the water, the towel. They've got everything ready to go, but nobody got the servant. And nobody offered to do it. It that night. I can see Peter walking in going, hey, don't ask me. And Peter and James and John going, hey, we're the, we're the sons of thunders. We don't wash feet. And, and the one that was the Lord of them all got up and wrapped the towel around his waist and washed their feet. He gave grace. And it was at that moment, if you read in a different text, in a different uh, a book of the Gospels, that you find out that Jesus actually, the, the apostles that night were actually arguing over who was going to be the greatest. Why Jesus was feeling this way. And here's Jesus giving grace. And one of the most amazing things about this story we don't talk about very often is not that he just washed 12 feet, 12, uh, the feet of 12 men. Was I want you to think about the fact that he also washed Judas's feet that night. You see, he didn't come across to Judas whom he knew was going to betray him. He didn't come to Judas and go, I'm sorry, I can't do your feet. I know what you are going to do to me. I know what is going to happen. You're going to stab me in the back. Jesus doesn't do any of that. He comes to Judas and he washes his feet. And he says, Judas, give me your other foot. In fact, I heard somebody say recently, I thought it was pretty good, that Jesus treated Judas so well that none of the other 11 disciples had a clue what Judas was even going to do. When you look at the story of giving grace and being gracious to people, You see how Jesus modeled it. And you can't say, hey, if I'm going to be like Jesus, you got to model it too. Let me give you a second point. God actually demands it. And in many, many places, God tells us, I want you to be gracious to other people. I want you to treat people better than they deserve. And that's what grace is. And can I explain a little bit about grace before we get into the, the text for a second? 
grace is something that is, that is a gift. Uh, we'll, we'll read that in a second. It is something that has been given to us. We don't deserve it. You didn't earn it. It's because of God that you got it. In fact, if somebody was to ask you today, hey, if you died tonight and went to heaven and they said, hey, why are you here? Why should you get to come in here? If you in any form or fashion start your statement with, I am a Christian. If you start your statement with any form of of first person, you got grace wrong. You see, you, you don't get to heaven and go, well, I was baptized or I went to church or I took a lot of communion on Sundays. Or I did this and I went to Bible classes. It's all third person. Why are you here and why should you get to come in? It's because of Jesus and because of God's graciousness. That's the the only reason is because God's been good to us. I love the story of the thief on the cross. For a long time, I looked at it from the wrong direction. It's one of the greatest stories of grace in our, in our, in our Bible. You know, the, the thief on the cross shows up that day, and they go, what are you doing here? Can you imagine him walking up if there was such a thing as gates of heaven? Can you imagine him walking up? And they go, why, why are you here? And he would probably go, I, I really don't know. And he says, I want to come in. Well, they ask him, what it, you know, have you ever been to a Bible study? No. Do you go to the temple to pray? No. I mean, he's a thief, right? He's the one that deserved to die. You ever been baptized? No. You ever done this? No. Why do you get to come in? And he says, the guy on the middle cross said I could come in. That's really the answer we should say. When we talk about how good God has been, why should we ever get? Because the guy on the cross said that we could. It's called God's grace. And if, if you ever answer with the pronouns of, yes, but I took communion, or I attended services, or I did this. When you're answering the question of why you should get to go to heaven, you you haven't quite understood God's grace yet. When you and I stand before God someday, and the question comes up, why are you here? The only answer is Jesus and God's graciousness. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, let's look at that text for a second. Note down here, for it is by grace that you've been saved through faith. It is not of yourself, it is a gift of God. And not by works, so that no one can boast. Catch that part. There's two two words that just jump off the page to me. Gift and boast. A gift is something that you receive. And when you receive enough gifts, when you receive enough goodness and grace of God, can you not share what some of what you've got? Does that make sense? Uh, last night, the Morgan family had their Christmas. We've had sickness moving. Uh, we hadn't had room. We finally get a chance to have some Christmas last night. And, and because we're good grandparents, my grandkids got a lot of Christmas presents, right? Uh, because that's what we do. And, and our son, Cooper, had already had Christmas with us in Childress a few weeks ago. And so we really didn't buy him anything for the second Christmas with the grandkids. And so here's Charlotte sitting on the couch last night. And she looks over, and she's got like eight gifts just surrounding her, presents waiting to be opened, and she looks over, and Cooper has one. 
And she looks at Cooper's and she looks at hers and she picks up one of her sacks and she says, here, you can have one of mine. Because that's what you do when you understand how blessed you've been. It's a gift. When you've been gifted something and it's been so plentiful, you can't help but say, let me, let me share with you what I know. Let me share with you what I have. It's a gift. So that no one could boast. I, I like that because God has always been the God that goes, hey, I want to show you that I am amazing. Uh, you look through all the Old Testament and the stories that God has given us. And over and over and over, the miracles that he does, he does in such a way so that you can't go back and go, look what I did. You can only go, look what God did. Let me just give you one example of many, the story of Gideon. Do you remember Gideon? And God tells Gideon, a, a, an average guy, non-soldier, I need you to go fight. And he's going, why have you asked me? And he says, okay, Lord, I'll do it. I'll see if I can gather up some men. Gets about 32,000 men gathered up to go fight 135,000 Midianites. That's not very fair odds, is it? But if you've got God on your side, you're going to do all right. God tells, God tells Gideon, you, you got too many guys. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm going to battle, I, there's no such thing as too many guys. All right? I want all that I can get. God's got, you got too many. So he starts calling them, he gets them down to 300 men. 300 to go up against 135,000. And you know the reason behind that? It's because so that no one could boast. Nobody came back from the winning, the, the, 30, the, the 300 whipped up on the others. Actually, God did it. But none of them came back and said, wow, we are amazing soldiers. None of them, Gideon didn't go, hey, man, I, I came up with a great plan to win this battle. All of them, all they could do is go, God is really good to us. He's the one that did this. You see, when it comes to God's grace, when it comes to our lives, we are who we are by his grace. And he sheds it in our lives and we are to share it with other people. There's another text in, found in Colossians let me give you that one as well. Chapter 3 and verse 13. Bear with one another. Forgive one another. If any of you have grievances against someone, forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. Jesus will put it this way, and it's a very scary, maybe the scariest verse in the entire Bible. If you don't forgive others, God won't forgive you. If you won't be gracious to others, don't be looking to God for the same thing. That's a scary verse. God demands it. He wants us to be people who are gracious. I have a friend named Bill Thompson. Uh, Bill is a good man, a good family man. I love Bill. He inspires me. Uh, he's there for me whenever I need him. Bill's about my age. Uh, a few years back, um, Bill's dad got cancer. You go, I hate that. That's a bad story. But let me tell you a little bit about Bill's dad. Bill's dad wasn't interested in a relationship with him whatsoever. He was an absent father. In fact, Bill's grandparents raised him because his dad didn't really want to have anything to do with the kids that he brought into this world. He was that dad. In fact, I always thought it was interesting when Bill talked about his dad, he didn't call him dad or father. He called him by his first name, his real name, because he had zero relationship with him. But you know, when Bill's dad got sick and he came down with cancer 
And they said, we're going to bring you to Childress, Texas, where we're going to take care of you. We need some family that's going to help on this. Most all the family said, don't ask us. Why, why would I give any amount of time, effort, or money to a guy who has had wanted zero to do with me my entire life? Why would I put in effort and be gracious to a guy who's never done a thing for us, didn't even want to be our dad? But Bill stepped up. And Bill said, I'll take care of him. And Bill said, when it comes time for him to come home from the hospital, he can come to my house. And we'll prepare a room for him. And we'll help cover the bills for him. And I remember asking Bill, this is crazy. Why, why Bill? Why? What, what, what possessed you to be that guy that said, I will love on a man who has never loved on me? And Bill said, God has been so good to me. How could I not? It was a story of the gospel, of God's goodness that you can't help pass on to other people. It's called being gracious to others. It's called forgiving quickly. And forgiving as quickly as we want God to forgive us. Our job is to treat people better than they deserve. Because that's how God treats us every day. Look at the third thing. We're going to share it. We're going to share it. So we got, we got Jesus. We got Jesus modeling it. Giving grace. We got God going, this is what I want you to do. Telling us to do it. And so our job is let's go share it. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, the text that's on the board, Be kind and be compassionate to one another. Be kind and be compassionate to one another. Notice it doesn't say give people what they deserve. Forgive one another. Just as in Christ, God has forgiven you. My job and your job is to be Jesus in the communities in which we live in, in the schools in which we represent and go to, in the workplaces that we're a part of. Share it. Share God's grace. I received a letter one time as a very young minister. I have not been preaching very long, and I was young, I was green, I didn't know what to do. It was a letter that was just pure venom. It was from a woman that I did not know, but she, didn't, she was not happy with me in any form or fashion. She didn't live where I lived, but she didn't think I had been very nice to her mom and her dad who had gone to church where we went to church, and boy, she let me have it, and it was a handwritten letter front and back and signed and everything else, and I didn't know what to do. I was a little lost. And for, for one, I, I thought I had been very nice to her mom and dad. I had visited him in the hospital. I had attended his funeral uh, in another town that was about 100 miles away. And so I didn't know. All I knew was I felt like I was getting jumped on for something I did not deserve. And what I really wanted to do was sit down and write a letter back that said kind of what her did. Hey, if you bite me, I bite back. But I made the, I made the wise decision to call a friend by the name of Lauren, who is a minister that had been in ministry for a long time. And I said, Lauren, I haven't been in this position. I need your help. I've received a mean letter. And he said, oh, welcome to the crowd. <laughs> he said, you'll get a few of those. He said, did they sign it? And I said, they did. And he said, oh, wow, that one's kind of new. You know, sometimes they don't. And I said, Lauren, I didn't really do all the things that I'm accused of doing on this letter. What do I do about this? And he said, you got two options. He said, you can throw it away and just ignore it and go on with life. But he said, what I really recommend is that you sit down and you write her back, and I'm thinking, yeah. He says, you write her back and you be apologetic, and you be kind, and you be gracious, and you be loving. 
and you mail that letter back to her. He said, you never know why somebody may be hurting at the time. Hurt people hurt people. I thought about it and prayed about it for a couple of days and decided that was the right move. And I sat down and I wrote a letter, a very gracious letter, apologizing for everything. Telling her I am very sorry if I did not do everything that I should have done. That I had visited her dad and I had attended a funeral. That I am very, very sorry that all of that took place. And that if I ever get to see you in person, I would be more than happy to apologize in person. That I'm very sorry that that happened. Mailed the letter. Heard nothing back. About four to six months later, I got another letter in the mail. And when I looked at the return address on the envelope, I thought, oh, no, it's that lady again. (laughs) I almost didn't answer it because I thought, oh, I had moved past this and here we go again. So I opened the letter and her letter was very kind and very gracious. Her letter was very apologetic as well. I'm so thankful that I had chosen to go the right direction with that. And instead of jumping back at somebody who I thought had jumped at me, I chose to be gracious. She apologized. She said, I didn't realize those things took place. She said, I may have jumped the gun. Lady and I now are pretty good friends. All because we chose not to fight back. All because we chose to be gracious. Our job is to share God's grace You never know what kind of day somebody's having. Today, some of you will be going to to eat lunch out. And you're going to have an opportunity to be gracious. Maybe gracious to somebody else that's in line that you think, hey, we were here first. Be gracious. Maybe gracious to a, a waitress or a waiter who maybe is super busy covering a lot of tables. And they don't get your glass filled as quickly as you would like. And you have a chance to be gracious. Be gracious. How can we sing about the goodness of God and great is thy faithfulness and then us go chew on some little waitress that's waiting on our table? Our job is to give grace. Our job is to share grace. Our job is to be Jesus in the lives of other people. Back when I lived in Tulia, Texas in the 90s, I had a friend named Scotty Ferris that called. Scotty was a paramedic with ambulance service, and he said, I've got to go deliver candy at a parade in Crest, Texas, which we know is just up the road. He said, I need to go deliver candy in a parade at Crest, Texas. I need somebody to help throw out candy. I'll drive the, the, the ambulance. And I said, that sounds like fun. I said, I'd love to go throw out candy in Crest, Texas. And so he picks me up and in, in the in the console between both of our seats in the ambulance are three of the biggest bags of candy I've ever seen in my life. And I asked Scott, I said, where'd you get all this candy? He said, I don't know. The hospital just said, go, go give this candy out since we, we service Crest, Texas, and don't come back with any of it. And I said, oh, this will be fun. This will be great. This is going to be fun throwing candy out to kids. And so we get to Crest, and we line up behind the fire marshal and the sheriff and the, uh, the, the fire truck. And there's, there, it's, it's a small community. There's not a lot of vehicles. This is not just a huge parade, but we're there, and we're ready to go. And the fire marshal kind of starts his sirens to go, all right, it's 10 a.m., and it's time. And we kind of turn on our lights, and I open my first bag of candy, and I get ready, and we drive down the main road and make a right turn where the parade's going to be. And there is one kid that has showed up for the parade. (laughs) Just one. I looked at Scotty and said, this may be the worst parade in the history of all parades. Do they not have kids in this town? 
And we just laughed for a second. And then as we got closer to the one kid who stood out there, he was at the curb with his Walmart sack, hoping to get some candy. I, I, I told Scotty, I said, you, got, you realize we have three bags of candy and we have one kid. What are we supposed to do? And he said, they just told me not to come back with it. I said, should we give it all to him? And he said, I think we should. So, so as we get closer to the little boy that's on the curb with his little sack of Walmart, Walmart sack, I roll down the, the window and I open that first sack and I start with both hands as fast as I can just dumping out my window candy as fast as I can. When that bag's empty, I open bag two and I take off. By the time bag three is there, I just kind of open it and dumped it over the top of him, you know? And here's a little boy. His, his Walmart sack was full with bag one of candy. He's like got candy all around him and he's just out here. He's having, it's the best day of his life. <laughs> this is better than Christmas. He was out there going, ah! I mean, he was so excited. Today, I think probably there's some guy that's about 26 years old that's probably got really bad teeth or a lot of dental, you know. I've seen a lot of dentists that, that still tells a story about the day he showed up to the parade and got all the candy. It was a good day for that kid. You know who it was a bad day for? Well, we turned another corner. And there were all the people and all the kids. Now, I didn't tell that to the early morning crowd, but yeah, that's true. So we were throwing out IV bags and gloves and everything else we could find. because, And we wanted to go, hey, the kid up the street's got all the candy. But you know the amazing part about that story? You and I stand out there with a Walmart sack going, God, please bless my life. Please forgive me. Please be gracious to me. And we just, we ask, we're hoping for, you know, a little bit of candy dumped out to us. And God just keeps dumping and dumping and dumping. And before you know it, the blessings, the graciousness, the forgiveness, the love is waist high around you. And you're, you're just like, wow, God. And you know what our job is? is to take and share what we've got. Not to keep it all to ourselves. Not to come along and go, hey, this is mine and you can't have any of it. But to go, hey, I have got so much. I have been blessed so much by God. God has been so good to me. I can be good to other people. Can we strive to be a church that's known for giving grace in our workplace and in our community? Can we be the people who, when folks go, man, those are some of the most gracious people that there are. Those are some of the kindest, most caring, most sharing, most forgiving people. Can we be those people? You see, we're going to leave in a minute. We've come today. We've heard about God's goodness and God's grace. And we realize that we have been blessed over and over and over. But we're going to leave in a minute. And it's when you leave these doors is when you should start sharing the grace. It's not for in here this morning of, hey, I just want to visit with folks. When you leave these doors and you are going out into the community, into the mission field, that's when you start sharing the grace. Everybody that you run into, everybody you bump into, you think to yourself, God has been so good to me. How can I be good to this person? God is an amazing God and he treats us so well. Let's go out today 
And let's take the grace that has been just poured out in our lives and give it to our community. Let's give it to our neighbors, to the people that we work with. You know, here in a minute, we're going to stand and sing for an invitation song. And if you are here this morning and you go, hey, I could really use some prayers this morning. I, I need God's grace. Can I tell you, there's folks that would love to pray with you publicly or privately. Maybe you've never had God's grace. Maybe you're not one of God's kids yet. And you haven't experienced that grace and forgiveness that you should. Bible clearly teaches. Confess Him as Lord. Repent of your sins. Be baptized. Those are all things we need to do. And if you're going, I just don't know exactly what all that means. I'm, I'm new here. Those are new words. Catch somebody. Visit with me. Visit with somebody. And we'll be happy to talk to you about that. Maybe you're ready to put on Christ in baptism today. What a good day it would be for that. But let me remind you. God, God's grace isn't given in dropperfuls, but in fire hydrants in your life. God's grace isn't held in a Dixie cup, but a huge bucket trying to hold all that you can under a place like Niagara Falls. He just dumps grace and goodness and blessings in our lives. And now our job is to go share that with our community. We're going to stand and sing at this time. If you need to respond, please do so. You can come to the front.